Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap, another very high quality rip. If I do say so myself, we're going to jump right into it. You'll find out I have a hot date, so I got to get these ads up, this episode up, get this episode to you freaks before I leave. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is providing financial services for Bitcoiners with a security first mindset. This is exemplified in their Vault product, which allows you to engage in a two-is-free multi-sig uh, wallet with Unchained. You hold two keys, they hold one. You can always move your keys out of the Unchained Vault without ever needing them to sign. But if you're in a pickle, you only have one key, and you need Unchained to sign, they are there for you to do that. Um, and if you want to go, if you're sitting there, you're like, hey, I don't own Bitcoin, I don't have a multi-sig set up, they have a Wake Love concierge service that's going to take you from zero to multi-sig vault in no time. It's a $1,500 package, but for you freaks, you're going to get it for $1,450. You get $50 off. You tell them that TFTC sent you. And what the package includes is multiple video conferences with the Unchained team. They're going to walk you through multi-sig, why you should have your UTXOs in a multi-sig wallet, uh, why it's important, how you secure it, how it works. Uh, they're going to introduce you to the Vault program product excuse me how that works specifically they're going to send you hardware wallets they're going to teach you how to set them up how to preserve your seeds all that and then you're going to set up your vault you're going to be very comfortable with it because they're going to hold your hand again they have that white glove and that white glove is going to hold your hand it's going to caress it it's going to be so soft so soft you're going to set up your vault and then part part of the package uh, they're going to immediately put one thousand dollars worth of bitcoin into your vault so you go from zero to having a multi-sig vault with a thousand dollars worth of bitcoin in it in no time uh, go check it out at www.unchained-capital.com. I'm going to put the specific link to the concierge service in the show notes so you can click on that link instead of having to type it in. Go check them out. Love you guys at Unchained. Seps also brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash Cash apps help you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, and sell sets if you so please. You freaks know it. Say it with me. Say it with me. We're saying sats, 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 because sats are the standard. You can make sats the standard in the cash app. For you freaks that don't know, sats, also known as satoshis, are uh, the smallest unit of Bitcoin. You can break one Bitcoin down into 100 million sats. 100 million sats equals one Bitcoin. Okay, You can stack sats on the cash app. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can just stack sats, whole sats. Tens of sets, hundreds of sets, thousands, hundreds of thousands. You get the point. You can DCA into sets. You can set it and forget it. You can buy daily, weekly, bi-weekly, and just put the amount you want to buy over those time periods. You set it, and Cash App will automatically stack sets for you in the background while you're not even paying attention. On top of that, they're going to allow you to invest in slivers of stonks. If you're into the stonk market, you can buy as little as $1 via Cash App investing. And because all this is connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting periods. You can start stacking sats and slivers of stonks today. On top of that, they have their boost program with their boost debit card. Accept anywhere visa is accepted. Go check it out. If you want to make cash app your bank account, you can do that as well. They're offering account number and routing numbers for you freaks. If you want to cut the evil banks out and work with cash app, you can get your paychecks direct deposited into the app using the account number and routing number they provide for you. So when you download the Cash App, if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Use the code StackingSats, that's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. 
Owls Lacrosse. Enjoy this, Fred Freaks. Love all y'all. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. I have a hot dinner date tonight, so we're just like, I got to leave here at 7. It's currently 4.23. We've got a long list. Does your wife know she about it? Yeah, she, she does know about it. She uh, she actually set the hot dinner date. Eating indoors. Ooh, <gasps> how reckless. <gasps> Exciting. Reckless, reckless. Um, it's 4.24. Should probably wrap up around... 6, 6.15, so then get to lie before that hot dinner date. Uh, and guess what, freak? Sorry. Uncle Marty messes up every once in a while, okay? He fucks up. Last week, I fucked up. I forgot to read two shout-outs. Uh, so these shout-outs are a little dated. Forgive me for that. Uh, but Matt and I were just discussing, uh, due to the, the backlog of shout-outs, we got a lot between last AH, RHR and this RHR. Um, we, are, we are going to read the ones that we forgot, and then jump into them. So I actually don't think we have seven, because we did read two last week, correct? We read one last, well, you read one we last read one. week. Yes, all right. Hey, you got to, yeah, okay. So we may have like six. We'll see. How do you Maybe not we'll know how many we week, have? So. It's like, Well, I'm just looking at BTZ Pay. I'm just going through it. And so we'll start here. Here we are again, freaks, heading into Thanksgiving Day with family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> Admits another Bitcoin bull run. Chatter around your table. Let's keep the news focused on, not on the price, but on why we Bitcoin. Tell them that Bitcoin is a rough and tumble, all-out war. Bitcoiners debate, block, get blocked, and sometimes unblock. But mostly we all fight this battle together every fucking day and night to own our money, to own our own money. It's goddamn serious. Our freedom is at stake. There's still a long, bumpy road ahead. So along the way, let's stay humble. Y'all know the pain. By some sly, roundabout way, we introduce something that they can't stop. At our table this Thursday, I'll be thankful for Satoshi and for all the devs that build on this gift. Happy Thanksgiving, freaks, from at 03jan09. 03jan09. Love that handle. Uh, then we have a private message, which I'll read to you off the record because it's a private note. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna take that shout out. to write that down. Towards, Otherwise, you'll probably forget. Towards Thanksgiving, and uh, we're gonna direct that towards uh, Hanukkah dinners and, and Christmas, and we're gonna we're gonna move that to those holidays. Hanukkah started this week, didn't it? I don't know. Cheers, freak. Uh, appreciate. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Love your handle. 03 Jan 09. Pretty based. All right, next one. This is a shout out to all the Bitcoiners who refuse to use cuck money. Fuck yeah. This week we heard from a cuck money proponent whose name isn't even worth mentioning because a run of the mill elitist asshole who will be forgotten and irrelevant very soon. As Uncle Marty keeps reminding us, they do not give a fuck about you. 
We are sovereign and we will win. We will win because we will never abdicate our responsibility to create the world. Our children will inherit. How about that pronunciation, motherfuckers? We will win because the alternative is bending the knee to the worst parts of our society. Ultimately, we will win because we have the most powerful tool for human flourishing ever invented. If you are a Bitcoiner who refuses to use cuck money, you inspire me and I look forward to meeting you at the Citadel someday. Happy Dirtbag Friday from a good friend, Skeef. Shut up, Skeef! Cheers, Skeef, to you. Fucking love the term cuck money proponent. I love it too. I love it. Glad too. that's one that's stuck. So those were the two we forgot last week, and here we go. Yeah, we read that one last week. Well, we didn't forget shit. Hey, no, you, um, <laughs> you're you're responsible too. Personal um, responsibility, Marty. Yes, I don't think we read this one. As touched on last RHR, similar Peter McCormack. I've been on a mission to shame people into supporting open source Bitcoin development. In my mind, if you have the means to do so and or not, you aren't a true Bitcoiner. Check out Brink at Brink.dev or BitcoinDevList.com. Shout out, Matt, uh, for ways to contribute. Brink will likely be tax deductible. If you're responsibly, lo- if you're responsibly long Bitcoin, not irresponsibly, responsibly long, supporting devs is an extremely high ROI way to spend your fiat, and it's just the right thing to do from a good Good friend at Bitcoin Rothbard. Cheers. Love that dude. Um, Love that dude too. Also, another option is HRF's uh, Bitcoin Dev Fund, which is tax deductible. Brink is hoping to be tax deductible. They don't have that status yet, but if they do get the status, then retroactively it will apply. And um, is that status five hundred one three C? Yeah, five hundred one C three. So that's only for Americans. And you should use Bitcoin DevList. Um, love to see it, especially we're seeing more and more people using it, which is fantastic. And just to tease the freaks a little bit, I may or may not be working on something behind the scenes to, to, to further increase our capabilities over there. So you, you probably are working on something behind the scenes. I'm going to say you, you are. I'm just teasing us not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. More info to come. I don't even know about this, so I can't wait to hear this info. Uh, just a reminder, this next shout out, just a reminder that with the current bull run, people may not consider appropriate year-end donations. There's a lot of great options with and without Bitcoin. On a related note, how about following weekly metric percentage of devs on BitcoinDevList.com who accept Bitcoin donations? Surprisingly, a large number are exclusively, excuse me, a large number exclusively accept fiat via GitHub sponsorship only. Anonymous freak. What's the so metric? Do you, do you guys highlight? Do you guys highlight who uh, yeah. weekly metric percentage of devs on Bitcoin dev list who accept Bitcoin donations? We, we highlight if you they want- accept Lightning, but we don't necessarily, if they only accept on-chain Bitcoin and there's no indicator there. But yeah, a lot of people are on GitHub sponsors. I mean, I think there's, um, there's, there's obviously clearly a demand for a reoccurring uh, shitty money option. You know, I know me me personally, I donate Bitcoin all the time. But cuck bucks. Yeah, exactly. But I also have, you know, I don't even know. I don't even really want to know how much money I have going through the GitHub sponsors every month. It's just reoccurring. It's just my my way of giving back to this to this fantastic community. And I don't even have to think about it. It's just automatically deducted. Yeah, we, we DCA into our Bitcoin debt. Exactly. Uh, pays off in a different Stacking way. Stacking commits. 
next shout out. Three more to go. Every freak is on the nice list this year. If anyone feels like joining the naughty drag queen trash pop list for like three minutes or so, please blast Freaky Money by RuPaul feature Big Freedia. Go off. Congratulations on an incredible year, Marty and Matt. Looking forward to many more. Love you guys so much. Cheers and love from our friend Patricia. Patricia, I think you may be the first woman shout out we've got on the podcast. So thank you. Freakette? Uh, freakette? No, nah, she's a freak. It's it's. We don't assume genders. Both males. Both male. I mean, yeah, maybe Patricia Pat. Maybe it's a Pat. You don't know. I'm assuming it's a girl, though. Patricia. Uh, I don't go off. Okay, we're gonna go off here. Patricia, thank you for your shout out. Thank you for listening. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, I like being on the nice list. I don't know if I want to be on the naughty list. Marty is always on the naughty on. list. I am. I cursed a lot in the newsletter today. I'm sorry, freaks, if if you're reading it aloud to your children. I love that Keith Levine uh, likes that I curse. What a, yeah, what a legend. A punk rock British Britishman. Englishman. It's the correct word there. He liked to fucking curse. Freak. Uh, yeah, I mean, we promised Armed Out on Tuesday. He's coming next week. He he had to push. We got conf- you got confused. Episode. Yeah, you got confused. Um, so this, this shout-out may seem a little weird. But happy Arbed Out yep, week, boys. <laughs> Cheers to that and to your continued success. I'd like to shout out TFTC for pumping out consistent content that digs deeper than most. Liberty, Bitcoin, privacy memes, all the above. I'd like to also give a shout out to the Minneapolis Bitcoiners and Mush, quote unquote Mush. Thanks to our organizer, Brandon Quidham. We've got a solid crew up here. You're welcome to come hang anytime. I'm honored that you still get to use the CNBC intro snippet. And I look forward to making a new one in the coming months. We'll probably be sorkin, whining about $100,000. It was awesome to meet you both at BitBlockBoom in August. Keep on keeping on. Much love from our boy at Clockwork underscore prior. It's Clockwork underscore prior. Clockwork underscore prior. Thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you too. Thank you for the intro music. Uh, it adds a lot of... Uh, it adds a great vibe to the show. It's a great way to start the show. <laughs> You know where to skip the ads up until. Yeah, well, don't <laughs> skip the ads. Listen to the ads. I'm making the ads funny, freaks. You're missing jokes. You're missing good jokes. Anyway, cheers, freak. Uh, we appreciate you. It was a pleasure to meet you at BitBlock Boom, the, the true 100K party, uh, if you understand. Um, and I, I just want to reiterate uh, my favorite Brandon Quidham story is, will always be in my heart is, is when I first met him. And he walked up to me and he introduced himself. He's like, man, I'm, I'm Brandon, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I go, oh, you're the mushroom guy. <laughs> uh, he is the mushroom guy. Brandon, l- l- love it or hate it, you are the mushroom <laughs> guy. I love it. I love you. It's a, it's, a, it's a great crew they got up there in Minneapolis. Minnesota's got some high-quality Bitcoiners. Um, so keep crushing, guys. Last but not least, my friends, Uncle Marty and young humble Matthew. Our time has come. We're starting our moon mission. Takeoff is imminent. Wave the McCucks of the world goodbye. For his quad four has been destroyed. It's time to shove it in the face of the no-coiners. Enjoy this next fellow, next year, fellow Bitcoiners. You deserve it. Your good friend, Matt, not so humble, Odell. So this is your parody account. But, uh, Stay humble, Matt. Is this... 
Is you have like an alter ego? Do you have split personality disorder? Is that you? Not that I'm aware of, but you know, no promises. Okay. All right. Um, we got the little tyke behind. Oh, wife's just grabbing her purse while we're recording. Well, sorry isn't going to cut it, all right? You watch your mother down there, son. How's it going? Matt knows my wife's name. He just doesn't want to dox her on air. So disciplined. <laughs> you are very disciplined. Um, yeah, we, yeah. We, have a, we have a pair of, uh, of, of new novelty accounts. Uh, we have Not So Humble Matt, and we have Evil Marty Bent, whose first tweet was one of the best tweets I've ever seen on Twitter. <laughs> what, what is, I'm specifically in Bitcoin mining to boil the oceans. Yes, that is our intention at Great American Mining. <laughs> the oceans are not hot enough. That bastard, evil Marty Bent. Oh my God. I fucking lost it. I fucking <laughs> lost it when I saw that tweet. Uh, you even like uh, Photoshop my smile to make it look all weird and crooked. <laughs> With the, I like the eye patch. The though. eye patch is fantastic. That's all it takes. <laughs> you, you, add an, you, you add an eye patch and just automatically you're evil. Yeah. You know what, evil Marty? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you for the shout outs. Uh, as you can tell, we, we thoroughly enjoy them. It's a great way to interact with you freaks. Uh, if you guys want to buy a shout out, tftc.io slash contribute. Uh, we, get a, we get a huge kick out of it and it brings us a good smile we love the interaction uh, and the conversation that we're able to have with you freaks through through this particular medium it uh adds a, a nice little spice to the podcast spice too spicy oh um all right let's get on the clark's dashboard i wrote my journal this morning the price was seventeen thousand nine hundred ninety six dollars it's currently standing at eight thousand excuse me eighteen thousand three hundred sixty two dollars so be incredible if it's eight thousand. What a dump! Right now, uh, you're going to get five thousand four hundred forty-six sats per dollar. There are currently eighteen million five hundred sixty-seven thousand four hundred ninety-four point one five Bitcoin on the market. Uh, there have been eighty-eight point four two percent, eighty-eight point four two percent of all Bitcoin that will ever be mined have been mined already at this point. There's only eleven point five eight percent left. That was good math. Uh, we're currently at block height uh, 660,811. Uh, we're getting close to a difficulty adjustment. I believe my block clock mini said it was three days from now, but according to Clark's dashboard, the next retarget is 437 blocks as of right now. It is estimated to be on December 13th, 2020, three days, three days from now. <laughs> and uh, it is estimated to be a negative 3.1 percent difficulty adjustment uh right now blocks are coming in about 20 seconds above the block target of 10 block target block target of 10 minutes they're coming in at 10 minutes and 20 seconds um matt you're gonna be able to get one sap per bite through if you're willing to wait a week allegedly mempool cleared last weekend i'm 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 very aware everyone lets me know marty <laughs> um where are we at for the samurai? It's like every Sunday for the last two months, everyone lets me know on Twitter. So thank you. <laughs> Mempool cleared. <laughs> uh, by the way, I got I got dual monitors now. I'm not like looking through my laptop. I've got finally I brought my monitor that I had in Brooklyn into the new office. It took me way too long. I should have done this in March, but um, so my screen's much bigger than it usually is. Congrats, Marty. Uh, thank you. 
uh, get your face is bigger, which is like, whoa, this is awesome. Uh, the unspent capacity in Whirlpool right now is 1,632.9 Bitcoin, which is pretty static from where we were last week, correct? Yeah, a little bit down. The overall Barely. value is $30 million on the dot. I'll tell you, I got a lot of people reaching out, like panicking, trying to get into Whirlpool as soon as possible. Like, guys, been talking about this for fucking years now. Told you to get prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And now we'll, we'll get to that topic. You want to start with the phishing attacks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about what we talked about the other day? Um, so, so we have these ledger phishing scams that are going out. Um, we've been talking about it a lot on the podcast. Um, and they're getting more sophisticated. They they look very realistic, super realistic to the point where like there's scam there's scam emails going out now that says your name, uses your email address or text message, and and says it's it's a it's an email warning you that your information has been compromised, pretending to be from Ledger, uh, as like a warning, and it's like you're gonna have your funds stolen unless you click this link, and then you click the link, and they ask you for your seed phrase, and they steal your money. And specifically, I was on a call with a buddy and his friend who just got fished. His whole life savings got taken over the weekend. And it was, we were scrambling to double spend it. You know, they didn't use RBF, the scammer. Uh, it was a 43 sat per byte transaction. Um, and we were like rushing to try and double spend it in time and, and we didn't get it and we we basically watched his life savings get confirmed and it was it, it wasn't good you know like that it, it was a real kick in the fucking balls um and i i think no matter how many times we talk about it on this podcast no matter how many times we tweet about it um there's a whole group of bitcoiners that are just not aware that this is happening and I, you know, we talk a lot about being the Bitcoin guy and being the Uncle Jim of your group of friends. And you need to reach out to these people. Um, you know, even if you haven't talked to them in a while, reach out to them and warn them because they're getting these text messages, they're getting these emails, and they look very believable. And I think one of the issues here for people is that, you know, they, they set up these wallets and then they just hodl and they never use them. So they're not comfortable with them. It's like this foreign thing that they have that they set up in 2017 or whatever, and they just never touch it. And they get, they get these emails and they, they just fucking fall for it. So, so you really need to reach out to your crew, I think, and, and just make sure that they're aware, especially if you know that they have a ledger. Um, you know, this particular guy looks like super tragic. Like he bought ledgers for the whole office. Um, with his information. So the scammers only had his information. He like took the bullet for the rest of the office. Um, so I, I just, like it really kills me to see this. Uh, and, and the other thing I've noticed, well, I found out from this experience is that, you know, there is no real easy way. You know, we talk about it all the time about double spend attacks and stuff. There's no easy way to double spend if you're not planning on doing it ahead of time and you don't RBF and shit. So I kind of 
want to create like a fork client that's like a you know in these situations that we can like easily double spend um so if you're interested in participating in that uh please reach out because it, it's not as easy as you'd expect it to be especially when you're like racing against the block yeah i mean when you told me the story i was heartbroken don't know your buddy at all but it's just life savings just gone like that is a real kick in the dick like you said it's fucking I mean, yeah. it gives you pause it's like ah fuck and that's like like you said i started texting everybody i've ever they got into bitcoin like don't click on any links and i guess obviously if some of you freaks are new to rabbit hole recap we give this advice out a lot but it can never be repeated enough don't ever type your seed phrase into a computer those are your secret backup uh, words yeah, your, your 12 or 24 backup phrase. Don't type it into a computer unless you absolutely have to and you are intentionally recovering from seed. That's the only time you should ever touch your seed and type it. Uh, it should be on device. Like directly uh, into the hardware wallet. Yes, but the only time you should ever have to do this is when you're recovering yourself. Like it should be something that's... Uh, initiated by yourself never be a prompt from an email or text message or a phone call uh, you, you should know that if you're going to use your seed phrase it should be something that you're initiating no company no wallet provider should be asking you to enter that stuff that is your information you have that control and you should be deciding when to do that you shouldn't be prompted to enter your seed phrase anywhere unless you're recovering a wallet or yeah recovering from backup what really fucking pisses me off is is like when their web shop was compromised when ledger found out their web shop is compromised um, february right yeah I, I, I would you say february yeah i don't know it was a while ago maybe i think it maybe it was like june or something but regardless when it got compromised they tried to I think it got com i think they they announced it first in june but they knew they found out it was compromised in february and then announced it in june okay so Either way, that's extra fucked up. But either way, like when they found out it was compromised, they only contacted the people that they thought were compromised. And it turns out in hindsight that it was pretty much everyone, it seems like, got compromised. Um, and and what you what you really want to see is you want to see the opposite. You know, if first of all, these companies should be trying to warn people not to put um detailed personal information and, in. you know, use burner email addresses. Don't use real phone numbers. Use P.O. boxes and remailer addresses and stuff. But besides that, they should be taking very, like that personal data is almost, you know, as, I, a case in point here. It's irrelevant. No, no, I, case in point here, it's almost as valuable as Bitcoin itself, right? Because it can be used to steal the Bitcoin and they should go out of their fucking way. Like as soon as they think it's just compromised at all, you should notify every single fucking customer. You should tell them from this point forward, do not trust a single email or text message you get from us. Um, if we do want to send you an informa information, we'll send it to you through this secure channel and you can verify it this way and just fucking get out ahead of it. Like that's what needs to happen. And this, we saw this exact fucking same thing happen with BlockFi where they, where they just tried to downplay the fucking information as much as possible. They, they, they're like, we notified the people that were affected. They didn't release a public statement about it. 
They didn't contact all their customers. It should be the exact fucking opposite. It should be every single fucking customer that's ever used you that you have information on still should be contacted about this fucking thing if it happens. Completely agreed. When I was saying it was irrelevant, I mean, like, they're collecting irrelevant data that harms individuals at the end of the day. You should, we should be demanding, I mean, even though we've talked about it before, you can't really confirm, but you should have data erasure protocols as a company in this space, particularly due to the nature of the, the products that you're selling and the attention that owning Bitcoin brings to individuals. It's, yeah, it sucks to see. It's going on. It's going on. It's going to continue to go on again. You never enter your seed phrase unless you you are initiating it. You should never be prompted to enter it. If you are, you're 100% being scammed. And and just on top of this, like if you do, if you have purchased a cold card, you can email CoinKite. They will remove uh, your data for you. Um, that's their policy because of, of whatever the tax laws are in Canada. They can't delete it unless you email them. So do send them an email. Um, hey, Rodolfo, you know my email, no, okay? He doesn't know your email. I'm asking you directly. Um, and then the other thing is there's there's an example here, right? Because like even though he has even though CoinKite has this information, they don't use it for marketing purposes. They keep it as secure as possible and they don't constantly hit their customers with emails. They don't send out marketing emails, right? They treat this data as the valuable data that it is and trying to secure it as, as, as well as they fucking possibly can. And that's what I want to see from Bitcoin companies. I want to see Bitcoin companies uh, go above and beyond in terms of personal data privacy and, and, and valuing their customers fucking data because we, you know, we, we preach low time preference all the time. Well, let's see it from the companies. You know, I don't want, I, you shouldn't be telling me about your, your latest and greatest branded fucking hardware device. Um, or the new shitcoin support that came out. Like, that, don't prioritize that. Prioritize your fucking customers, you know, vulnerable private information. Completely agree. It's fucked, man. Be aware, freaks. And I actually had a freak email me, like, forward me one of the phishing emails, like, hey, like, should I do this? And I'd be like, no. It's so real looking. Right? It's, uh, be aware. Be aware, and if anybody has been has fallen prey to one of these attacks, uh, I feel for you. It it sucks. Um, be careful. Some good news: our boy Justin Moon has been awarded a a grant by Square Crypto, uh, particularly to to work on the Bitcoin development kit with our good friend uh, Steve Myers and Ricardo Casada. Uh, so shout out to Justin been on the podcast many times he hopped on stage with us a bit block boom this year uh incredible bitcoiner did incredible things with mooniversity educating individuals yeah um (laughs) created the bit boy he's working on uh uh, basically hardware that is uh that is not it's, you can b- take off-the-shelf hardware and make a Bitcoin wallet but there with it, Specifically with Square Crypto, he's going to be joining uh, Steve and Ricardo to do... Bitcoin development kit. Yeah, BDK, which should make it easier for people to make secure Bitcoin wallets. 
without having to deal with the core security elements of it, like the important shit. They can just deal with like yeah. UX and shit. And I just want to say like, cheers to Justin. Like there's very few people that deserve it more than you. So I'm, I'm very excited for you. Yeah, we're pumped for you, dude. And and the uh, the announcement tweet was pretty <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, Square Crypto threw threw a wrench and confused a lot of people by saying that they they granted the uh, the grant to Justin's son from Tron. Uh, Prolific Bitcoin scammer. Yeah, but he reached out. He's like, I want to I want to give back to Bitcoin development now. Thanks for making fun of me. Um, and I thought. Justin Moon's response to that was hilarious. Damn it, Gary, you're off your meds again. <laughs> uh, for you freaks that don't remember, Gary is the intern that runs the Square Crypto Twitter account, and he's uh, a bit kooky. A bit kooky. More, uh, more dev grants. So going many people out. were confused by that shit. Right? Like, what? Why are you crazy? <laughs> I saw that there was like people giving like, like flipping the quote shit. Tweets were like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah, like me? fucking <laughs> shit coiner. Why are you gonna give the shit coiner fucking money? Finally, Square Crypto showed their true true colors. You know, like classic Twitter, just fucking flipping shits. Gary got him. Gary got him. You gotta watch out for Gary freaks. He'll get you. Uh, you got like a nice like mixture of news that makes us angry and good news here. Brian Brooks, uh, the comptroller. Of the, what is the comptroller of the U.S.? Comptroller of the Comptrol currency. Of, of the, the currency. U.S. comptroller of the currency. Yes. Uh, it's a made-up position. Very very important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> formerly, uh, I believe he was the counsel. He was the, He's the main lawyer Coinbase's guy lawyer. at Coinbase. Yeah. Uh, he had, I think you described it this way perfectly, a non-answer. People were like, oh, he's like, like they're not going to attack crypto. Yeah, Palm pretended like, it was bullish, you know, because yeah, no, you so always get better... You always get better engagement you when you say it's bullish. Beat around the bush. Um, and so this, the next topic, and we'll just bump the rumors. Uh, well, no, so all the these, the next four are just the same topic. It's it's everything yeah. that's gone down over the last week that, that concerns me and I, as you as well about self-custody restrictions. Yes. Yeah, so, so it started with Brian first, who got, who got interviewed on CNBC and was asked point blank, your former boss, Brian Armstrong, said he's worried about self-custody restrictions. Are, should he be worried? And he just fucking gave the most blase non-answer ever. And he was like, Bitcoin won't get banned. And we're just going to, it's going to be the best thing. It's going to be clean. It's going to have everything. We're not, you know, we can't have terrorism and shit. And just, he gave like the biggest double speak fucking bullshit <sighs> answer ever. We can't have terrorism and shit. <laughs> We can't have terrorism and shit. Just to be clear, we don't support terrorism and shit either. But most terrorists are using <laughs> the U.S. dollar. Yeah. Like, maybe this is off base, but, like, is terrorism even that bad anymore? <laughs> like, when's the last terrorist attack you even heard of? Like, don't jinx them, Marty. I know. That's true. I should, yeah. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah, the plebs. Usually when the they do this shit, they, they time it with a terrorist attack as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, my bad. I'm sorry if I jinxed this there. But it's like... <laughs> It's so disingenuous. It's so fucking. Ugh. All right, let's just get into it. So we got that. Uh, Munition came out said earlier this week the G7 leaders of the G7 uh, had a video conference meeting in which they talked about many things. One of which being uh, the need to regulate cryptocurrencies. Um, and uh, there's been rumors swirling behind the scenes, and not even behind the scenes, that Brian Armstrong obviously <laughs> came out with his. His thread uh, warning about it, and then our boy Jake Shervinsky 
uh, sent a tweet out this week, which is pretty obviously like a canary in the coal it mine. Seemed like tweet. such like, a canary tweet from him. Yeah, he was like, even responding hey. underneath. People were like, "Proof of keys," which is January third. He's like, "Do not wait till proof of keys." Yeah, no, I quote tweeted. I was like, "This is the canary in the coal mine." And it's one thing if like freaks. we're saying it, right? But like Jake is like a reserved lawyer, lawyery type of person. You know, like he he doesn't say these kind of things. These are the kind of no. things that usually Matt and Marty say. Yes. And so here's here's what he said. The best time to withdraw crypto from an exchange to your own wallet was when you bought it. The second best time is now. Seriously. Now. Capitals. Uh, yes. Uh, all capitals now. And so he seems to be worried about being able to withdraw from an exchange. Um, and then last night for Patriots, Warren Davidson being one of them. Thanks for following me on Twitter, Warren. Love you, brother. Oh, you got um, the Warren follow. Out, got the Warren follow. He sent out a um, a letter to Nunchin and the Treasury Department basically urging that they don't enact uh, regulations that they believe are going to be enacted, mainly that individuals are not going to be able to self-custody cryptocurrency. I hate this term, so, self-hosted, that they've been using. Self-hosted wallet. Yeah, it's bullshit. Um, but so it was, it was Warren Davidson... Tom Emmer, Ted Budd, uh, and Scott yeah, Perry. Four Republican congressmen sent this letter. Was it Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and North Carolina? Yes. And so they're basically saying, hey, don't do this. Like, you're going to push innovation uh, overseas. Uh, like, Americans have the right to private property. And so let's just, di- I think we're going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, Damn so right we are. Let's just, di- let's just dive into it. Uh, Wait, Fuck before you, we Steve do this, the French, the, the French uh, Ministry of Finance is also doing, at the same time, they're making moves to enhance the KYC requirements, and they specifically called out Bitcoin-to-Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin transactions. transactions. Yeah. The P2P transactions. Yeah. That aren't, that aren't sent via custodial, custodian. They want to, they're banning them in, in France. And then we had Elliptic, the chain surveillance company, send out a press release oh. that tried to associate uh, privacy wallets mixing. with... Yeah. Um, Marty, we can't use the term mixing anymore. Privacy wallets with criminal intent. Um, coin join wallets, not mixing wallets. Yeah, coin join privacy wallets. Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> you piece of shit. You might have the Warren follow, but I got the Tom follow. <laughs> yeah, you, you got the little... He has to follow you after you're on like a fireside chat together. He followed me before the the fireside chat. Yeah, tell him I said fuck you. Um, <laughs> he listens. I think he's a freak. Yeah. Well, fuck you, Tom. <laughs> Go listen to somebody else's podcast. You're gonna be doing this shit. This is uh. So this is it. We've been talking about this for a while. Brian Armstrong sent the first warning shot. He was our Paul Revere. I think. Oh we my right god! How good that. was the meme of of his face <laughs> on Paul good. Revere on the horse? Brian giving you props. Jake sent another another shot, warning shot uh, earlier this week, and now this letter from uh, the four representatives that were the four horsemen, uh, the four horsemen that were described earlier. It's scary, right? So now there's like a lot. There's a debate going on. Like, is it going to be a complete ban of self custody, or is it going to be uh, basically a check that you say that you possess the the wallet that you send? Uh, the address that you send your Bitcoin to from an exchange. You have to check a box, sign a message, take a screenshot. There's a debate on on which way this is going to go. We don't know yet. I don't think anything 
official has been announced by the Treasury, unless it's happened since we hit record. I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Mnuchin doesn't even know. Right? So, so let's talk about yeah. Like, I got really passionate in the newsletter today. Like That's rare. This is... <laughs> this is... <laughs> like, freaks. Especially you American freaks. Like, are we free anymore? No, like, Marty. Do we have free? We haven't been for a do while. We ha- I know, I know. I forget but, like, who I was talking to. I was talking to someone about this. It was like, every single time Marty just, like, hits me on the podcast, he's like, do we live in a free country? I'm like, no, Marty. <laughs> like, where the fuck have you been? Well, this really drives it home. Where it's like, so Bitcoin is at the end. Like, so, <laughs> and Jimmy Song and I recorded a podcast last night, and we we got really deep into positivism versus natural law theory. Positivism basically is is when you have to ask the government for rights, or the government grants you rights. You don't have natural rights. You don't have your God given right. rights. You start you have with a nothing. ruler. You have a ruler that lets you that decides what you can and cannot do natural rights or god-given rights were just the fact that you were a free-thinking free-willed human being that was born into this world you have natural rights that are inalienable and 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 god-given and and inherent in your in your life we don't have natural rights in the system that we live in. we we live in a positivism system where steve mnuchin and crew are basically saying hey you're too fucking dumb you cannot control yourself. You cannot protect yourself. We are here to tell you what you can do, what you can do with your private property. Bitcoin is your private property at the end of the day, especially if you hold your own keys and your own address. And we have gotten so far away from the principles of the founding principles of this country that it is fucking insane. So at the end of the newsletter this morning, well, the- I just went, let me read these quotes from Thomas Jefferson and like, just think about where we are. Like, listen to these quotes and then look around at the world today and like we have we live in an authoritarian country when tyranny becomes law rebellion becomes duty we need to rebel the issue today is the same as it's been throughout all history whether man shall be allowed to govern himself or ruled by a small elite happening when you abandon freedom to achieve security you lose both and deserve neither a true patriot will defend his country from its government and we need the patriots to start standing up and last but not least which is, this was a scary one. I was like, holy shit, this happened decades ago. Uh, the end of democracy, that. the end of democracy and the defeat of the American Revolution will occur when government falls into the hands of lending institutions and moneyed corporations. Like, oh, yeah, decades. We're fucked. We're fucked. Um, I mean, this country was founded on natural rights, which is, we are unique in that regard. I mean, I didn't listen to your podcast yet, but, uh, I didn't drop it yet. Um, but but the samurai guys, for instance, will always correct you if you if you say that privacy is a human right, which is kind of signifying that it's a natural right. Um, that privacy is a human fight, which I think is like kind of the British perspective because they don't have a constitution. Um, so, but but regardless, I I do agree. Like now, like no matter what, like wherever you are, like privacy is being infringed on on a constant basis. That's one of the reasons why we speak up so much here on the podcast. Um, but let let's let's. I think most of the freaks agree that that we need to fight back. That this is wrong. Um, that we're, that we 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 are being wronged. That we have been wronged, and that we continue to be wronged. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about a practical like what what do we practically expect here? Um, what I practically expect is withdrawal 
limits and restrictions. Um, I, 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 I think that includes enhanced KYC. Um, you thought it couldn't get any worse than it currently is. Well, it's about to. Um, and the limits being even worse than they currently are, right? Uh, we're like on the regulated institutions and stuff. You can only pull out 200 a day or 300 a day or something like that. And then at the same exact time, they're going to have the institutions use this as, and, and I've been called a fudster. Um, this is not fud. fudster. This is FOMO. Like, I think that at the same time they do this, we're going to have like an epic fucking pump. It's going to be like a Bitcoin Tina style ripper nads off green candles um, from the Larry Finks of the world um, while they limit our self-custody capabilities. And they're going to say it's, it's going to be, you know, oh, we cleaned up Bitcoin. We, we, we regulated it. We reduced the risk. We're preventing terrorism. It's legitimate digital gold now. And, and, and it's going to be this massive ass fucking buy signal while all the plebs, we can't withdraw and, and, and take proper custody of our Bitcoin. And some people might say that creates a bifurcation of the price. I don't think so, because if you can't withdraw, that's not a Bitcoin exchange. That's a fucking IOU exchange, and that's not a real price. Completely agree. That's why If you're listening to this right now and the shit hasn't been announced while we're on air, just go. <laughs> if you're comfortable, get your coins off exchange. Luckily, there's a lot of coins off exchange already. There's a lot of coins on exchange, but... You mentioned Bitcoin Tina, and him and I have had these conversations behind the scenes. He's under the purview that, like, hey, this is probably going to happen, and we're just going to have to wait it out. Like, a, like a, at some point, like the the black or gray market, Bitcoin market, is just going to be... I mean, it's not going to stop people from sending P2P Bitcoin transactions. Let's just make that clear. Like, I'm, st- I'm not taking down our BTC pay server and not accepting right. Bitcoin so for shout-outs. That's the weird thing, right? So, like... I'm not really sure where we go from here. Uh, do they just reduce the capability to withdraw? Do they try and criminalize Bitcoin usage, which is a very easy thing to do? Uh, it's not easy to enforce, but it's easy to criminalize. So, so a, a, a key a key case a key case study would be weed, right? You have a nonviolent um, crime that it, they call it a crime. They're not necessarily good at enforcing it, um, but anyone who consumes weed or purchases weed or holds weed. Um, is inherently a criminal. If they're doing some random thing, they're speeding and they're holding weed, then they have this additional criminal offense on top of them, right? Um, so they could inherently criminalize it. The second question to me is, um, I think like in, 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 Western, in the Western world and places like America, like we do have a lot of, we do have a lot of rights. We're fortunate to have a lot of rights. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else in the world. Um, I, I, I don't think that, you know, it, it becomes kind of untenable for them to go house to house and like try and like compel us to 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 give up our Bitcoin if we're self custody. Do they make an example of some people using chain surveillance data and catch them in lies after requiring full disclosures? Maybe that's a possibility. The third thing that is on my mind is I wonder what happens to, you know, we obviously know like custodial wallets, stuff like that that are serving US customers, things like Wallet of Satoshi, things like these exchanges could have in enhanced uh, regulations on top of them. Uh, what happens to the non-custodial things that aren't using your own node? Um, you know, we have Unchained Capital, who's a sponsor. They don't custody your, your coins, um, but they do have one key. 
they do have a, they, they, they run the node. Um, what happens to like a blue wallet? They have no keys, but they run the node. Like how does, how are those treated? Do they have to get criminal? Do they end up getting criminalized? Do, do are they not available on the app stores? Like does, does, do, do like people like, does the whole iPhone generation of the United States not have access? They could easily make it so the whole iPhone generation in the United States does not have access to to Bitcoin wallets, right? Where you have to go and you have to manually download an APK if you're an Android phone, or Android user, or you have to, you know, use a like a desktop wallet, use a Bitcoin Core or something, where you're you're verifying the download and you're downloading it yourself. Yeah, I mean, all these possibilities seem to be on the table. There's a lot of uncertainty right now floating around and i think the, the scenario that you just described wouldn't surprise me in the least bit but it would be hard like so the unchained scenario though you could recover from caravan and connect caravan to your own node right but they could destroy the business yeah exactly. the user would be fine yeah. but they could destroy the business yeah that's um, like what are we doing here what are we doing like why like what is this going to do this is just going to force innovation somewhere i mean it's it doesn't make any sense and, and like same with blue wallet right like a blue wallet situation right like you could restore your seed in electrum but they yeah. could destroy the business i mean they're not based in the united states but well, blue wallets based in where Rio, right but right? if they're got if they got i know they're not i don't think so but if they got cut off i'm not going to say where i think they're based if they got cut off um from the u.s customer base they got cut off from the app store or whatever american app stores like like they can they can inch by with the business, but like they're you're significantly diminishing their their possible bottom line. I mean, it's already hard enough to have a profitable wallet. Um, yeah. To to just cut off the U.S. customers could fucking completely wreck them. Yeah. And and I I just ultimately though the number one thing is now more than ever you should not have funds on a custodial fucking exchange broker that includes our sponsor cash app you know you should not you should not have it in like a block fi or any of these lenders lending or any of these fucking things like all these custodial services wallet of satoshi tipping on me you know like they're super vulnerable like in this type of situation they're super vulnerable we already brought a blue wallet blue wallets lightning wallet it defaults to custodial like the lightning portion do not have funds in there you know we you have to be prepared like any moment like the last week two weeks every morning i wake up i'm like is today the day did it happen today right and with all that being said make sure you're comfortable okay it is extreme responsibility make sure you know what you're doing if you have questions our dms are open i've been answering a lot of questions this week i know some of you freaks are relatively new and it is daunting for you it's a personal decision is this a risk you want to take i'm willing to be a criminal I don't give a fuck. I think this is this is imperative for human freedom and liberty moving forward. If we don't have Bitcoin succeed in the fashion that it needs to, which is enabling peer-to-peer -peer distributed cash transactions, uh, like it's it's not worth it, and it is imperative for for human freedom moving forward. So I'm willing to be a criminal. I've got a ten-month-old son. It's pretty hairy for him. I, I am willing to put my neck out there because guess what? It's right. It, it's, it shouldn't be illegal. And just because some asshole 
tries to regulate it and make it illegal doesn't mean it should be that way. When when laws are unjust, that is when you need to rebel. And I'm willing to rebel against this, as I assume you are too, Matthew. Cody's speech, Bitcoin is speech, Bitcoin values are American values, no privacy, no fucking freedom. Right? That's the other thing. I mean... So that's what like, I got a lot of shit. Like I, months ago, I tweeted out Bitcoin. There's nothing more American than Bitcoin. And when I said that, I don't mean like, like America, like America built it or anything like that. What I mean is like the principles that America was founded on. We, and like I said earlier in the newsletter today and on this episode, like we've gotten so far away. Like I don't even think America is America. Right? It's some skeleton of its former self. It's hollowed out bullshit banana republic that is run by a select few elites that do not give a fuck about you they don't give a fuck about you they don't care about terrorism either they're not really trying to protect you from terrorism and drug dealers they don't give a fuck about that shit they use that as an excuse so they can control you and have power over you they don't give a fuck about terrorism i mean it's come out that a lot of these governments have funded some of this terrorism the cia has funded terrorism the fbi has funded terrorism like they don't give a fuck about you they just want to control you, and they'll use these boogeymen as an excuse to push through their laws that increase their control over you. It's time to fight back. Like More people have to speak up, stand up. That's why I said in the newsletter today, I know, I know some of you freaks listening right now work at these exchanges where these regulations are going to be targeting. Like The exchanges need to be talking to each other behind the scenes, and if you have any fucking balls... If you actually care about Bitcoin, why it was created, uh, and what Satoshi wanted Bitcoin to be, and you're not just here to profit, you guys should stand in unison against this and actively disobey. Civil disobedience needs to come back, and if the exchanges make a stand and allow individuals, their clients, to send Bitcoin off exchange, and that one action, just saying, hey, no, we've been doing this for over a decade, we're not going to stop now, this is right, this is the way it should be, and we're going to stand up against this, that would be a very powerful message. And anybody working at the exchanges right now, I hope you take that message to heart. Fuck yes. Stand up for something. Jesus fucking God. Sorry, Jesus. <sighs> Should we get on to something else? Um, consider using CoinJoin as well. Yes. Uh, the more people who use CoinJoin, the stronger the privacy guarantees are and the stronger Bitcoin is in general. Um, so I think now more than ever, it's important to do that. Uh, CoinJoin is speech, as far as I'm concerned. It's completely legal under U.S. law. Uh, so don't let people convince you that privacy in itself is a crime. Don't let people convince you that... CoinJoin is a suspicious activity. These same people will be telling you that using Bitcoin so in a sovereign way is a suspicious activity itself. Um, so, you know. You know it not to be true. You know that you don't use Bitcoin in a suspicious criminal way. Most 99% of people don't. Using Bitcoin you isn't know a suspicious activity. Using CoinJoin is not a suspicious activity. Um, you know this to be true. Stand up for it. And I, I, you know, I just, I just want the freaks to be prepared because it does feel like we're about to enter a fight. Um, I do want to say, you know, I've been very critical of our government here as an American. Um, I've never been more bullish 
on Americans, though. Um, it's the individual yeah. Americans that continuously impress me every day. Um, I think there's a lot of fight out there, and we've seen that with the coronavirus. I mean, we've seen both sides. Uh, we've seen people roll over and allow their businesses to be destroyed and allow their neighbors' businesses to be destroyed. But we've also seen people stand up in ways that far exceed most other places in the world. Um, and I want to see more of that. And I want to see more of that globally, not just in America. But um, I, I, I just want all the freaks to realize here that just because I'm critical of the small few that you know run our fucking system based on their fucking high time preference, uh, that, that they're not the ones who make up America. And same goes with Bitcoin, as far as I'm concerned. You know, the that that average Bitcoiner who's using his own node um, is, is 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 I'm bullish American. on that. I'm bullish on on that 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 guy, that lady, and we're gonna get through this together. It's it's literally that meme where you have the person at the podium standing out like on a diving board over a cliff, and they're like, and there's a crowd standing on the other side of the the piece of wood that's holding that person up. And again, I'm still talking to the people at the exchanges. Mm -hmm. This is the scenario. You have Steve Mnuchin standing behind his podium and then all the exchanges and the people that work for him on the other side of the plank walk off the plank and tell Steve Mnuchin to go fuck himself. Like, that's all you have to do. Make a stand. It's literally action. If you make an action and, and, and stand up for something, people will rally behind you. Like, it, like that's all you have to do. There's nothing... He doesn't wave a wand and just makes it impossible for exchanges to allow customers to to send Bitcoin to personal wallets. Like it is technically feasible. Obviously, you could do it today. Like there's nothing that happens when he signs a piece of paper that changes the code in your systems that disallows you to do that. I know you may be like, oh, like well, like no, stand up for something. Let's go to the big news. Hey, Mass Mutual bought $100 million <laughs> worth of Bitcoin today. I'm telling you, man, they're going to pump this shit with one hand while they try and fuck us with the other. I love that tweet. It's true. Well, no. Can't let them. We're going to roll over. I and said let them while they tried to fuck us. Yes, that's true. So that was pretty big news today. The too. Mass Mutual is, <laughs> is, is, you look, they're not going to defend sovereign Bitcoin usage, but they're going to pump the price. And if you pump the price, it's good for Bitcoin liquidity. It's good for Bitcoin security. In terms of hash rate, you know, more money for the miners. Yeah, I think um, for this particular story. So, yeah, announced today around 2 p.m. Mass Mutual, huge insurance company here in the United States, bought $100 million in their investment fund. So not their treasury like micro strategy. What's doing, the difference, in their though? Invest uh, their investment funds used to pay out claims, so they have to invest conservatively, so they can have confidence that they'll be able to pay oh, out claims. Oh shit! But it's yeah. a two point like something billion fund, right? Two hundred thirty-five billion, I'm pretty sure, or something like that. Oh shit! Okay, so it's like really like a drop in the bucket. Yeah, but I mean, hundred million dollars, nothing. There's like at. some sats here, some sats there. You know, it's like <laughs> no big, yeah. no big deal. Just just a hundred million dollars. Yeah, but I think our good friend Alex Leishman from River, shout out to our friends at River. Um, stand the fuck <laughs> up. Stand up. Yeah, I mean, I have confidence. That I know. Yeah, they're, great. they're great. Continue. Um, <laughs> he had something like, so one thing he said particularly is like being 
by investing in Bitcoin, Mass Mutual has effectively signaled that Bitcoin is considered safe and liquid enough for the largest, most conservative institutions in the world to make an allocation. So from a fundamentalist perspective, again, we've been talking about institutional money coming in. They seem... They seem, yeah, it's like feels dirty talking about. This I don't know. Center. I was like, we were like, we're super revolutionary, and then we're just like, oh, but this like insurance company, Mass Mutual, bought a hundred million dollars. <laughs> so much legitimacy, <laughs> right? Well, that's like the weird. That's the weird dynamic, like the yin, yin and yang, I guess. Uh, right? You need the liquidity for the utility. I would say I. Yeah. This does feel bigger than the news that fucking Sailor decided he's gonna fucking borrow five hundred and fifty million dollars yeah. to buy Bitcoin with. Yeah, Mass Mutual is a Fortune 100 company. Maybe they can sell us some like. I fucking hate insurance companies. Can I just put that on the record? Like, insurance companies <laughs> should go fuck themselves. Like, in a world of personal responsibility, like, insurance companies should just die. Why do you hate insurance companies? Because it's like their job is to just fuck you when you need them. Like, you have to have them because of regulations. Like, if you don't have them, you're fucked. And then if you do have them when you need them, they fuck you. It's just, like, the worst fucking thing ever. It's the worst relationship ever. I have a lot of insurance relationships that I, you know, I love my claim officer. Please do me well if you're listening. But fuck, they fuck you all the time. It's <laughs> just like literally just fuck you. Oh, yeah, you paid for that? No, nah, we're not going to be able to. Yeah, Look, actually. none of them are paying out any COVID shit. You know, they're not. I mean, I'm not talking about medical insurance. I'm like all the other business insurance and shit, income loss and stuff. They're like, oh, this is act of God. You know, like, well, this is not this is not covered. You know, oh, the, the one thing that destroyed your small business after 30 years of being profitable Oh yeah, that's not covered, even though you've been paying us this whole fucking time. Like, yeah, I don't know if Mass Mutual is in that business, so I'm sorry to drag you through the fucking mud on this, but you know that's how I feel. Matt does not like insurance <laughs> companies. <laughs> we're gonna uh, get like they this one, million dollars. There's gonna be like one freak on Twitter who's like, "Matt, you were wrong about insurance companies. Like, this is why." And that's why I appreciate you, freaks. We need the, the hedge <laughs> risk. But Matt's trying to make the point that when the risk happens, like they don't, they're not there. They're not there. Uh, Where the hell are the insurance companies? Uh, the um, I'm trying. I went too far down the list. It's a big list. It's bigger than last week, and I thought last week was like the longest. Well, so I like I gave I gave just the tip on the micro strategy thing. Like I think that is a big deal. Um, it's it, it basically like Sailor realized he can weaponize his company to pump the price of Bitcoin and then no one can stop him and he's just going to borrow money and pump the price of Bitcoin like that. That that is the that, that's the move. We're calling that a speculative attack. This is something that Pierre uh, Richard, our boy, uh, explained in 2014. If you go back to his Nakamoto Institute uh, blog post. He literally just explained so it good. straight up. Like the, the strategy is just right there. At low interest rates, you can just borrow money. You have so much that you just fucking put it into Bitcoin at the same time you announce it. So it's just self-fulfilling prophecy. You just like pump the fucking price. And somewhere, the, I don't know where he lives, and I don't want to know where he lives. Bitfinex is just smacking himself in the face because he's just like, fuck, you know, now Tether's not pumping the price. Now fucking Michael Saylor's pumping the price. Yeah, an actual U.S. dollars. Yeah loaned out of thin air i think i think the interest rate he's offering or he's able to 
lock in for this is like 75 bips yep. over five years. So it's pretty crazy. Nothing. Like, it's absolutely nothing. <laughs> and just announcing it pumps the price of their already, they already own Bitcoin. So it's like, it's, 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 he figured out the cheat code. Um, I am not, you know, I, I have this clip out that I keep sharing on Twitter from October where I said, like, I don't expect them to defend sovereign Bitcoin usage, but that's besides the point. Um, uh, it, it, it does increase the price of Bitcoin, which does benefit Bitcoiners, you know, and it, it, it just in general. It, 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 yeah, more liquidity provides more utility. Yeah, I, I, I don't, and I, I think it's interesting that like Bitcoiners are, you know, they're, they, they go from Michael Saylor's going to defend us to Michael Saylor's going to attack us. Um, the Really, the nuance is he's not going to defend us and he can't attack us. Uh, like that's, you know, what Segwit2x proved, right? So I, 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 I think his ability to attack us is minimized. Um, if this was a proof of stake network, he could fucking wreck us. So thankfully it's not a proof of stake network. Uh, but at the same time, he's, he's, he's not going to defend us. And it, and it is, it is what it is like Bitcoin is for enemies. Yes. I want to consider him necessarily neutral is where I would stand. He's not going to defend like, eh. unless he launches a chain surveillance company out of MicroStrategy, where then he's just like actively attacking us. But I think that's our own fault. Like we should increase Bitcoin's privacy guarantees so their business model doesn't exist. Yeah. And in terms of the speculative attack nature of this, like I wrote about this back in August when MicroStrategy first announced this. Shout out to me for being the first to uh, hop on the MicroStrategy news out of any. Stay humble, Marty. Scoop. Scoop. Stay humble. Everybody. <laughs> Fuck that. Like I'm doing no, a podcast with Evil Marty over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but that, at that point in August, like in my mind, that big MicroStrategy uh, buy was the transition from in, in the, Pierre's thesis of speculative tech. You start with a slow bleed of early adopters like ourselves and other enthusiasts to full on currency crisis where you start attacking it. And I think all these, whether they realize it or not, all these corporations putting hundreds of millions of dollars into Bitcoin is, is a speculative attack that, so we're removing up the, the ladder of the speculative attack phase. All right. We got software updates. Not that much this week. Exciting shit. Um, you stop me when you want to talk about a particular update. I don't see anything that pops out to me off the bat. Sea Lightning version 0.9.2 has been released. We're running Sea Lightning. Upgrade that. Ronin Dojo version 1.8.0 has been released. If you're running that, use that. Uh, Spectre version 0.10.4 has been released. Uh, Zap for Android version 0.3.6 has been released. And Sparrow Wallet version 0.9.9 has been released and even though we were shitting on ledger in the beginning of the episode probably wouldn't recommend it due to <laughs> their faulty data practices one props for props are due we get props for props are due on this podcast uh, ledger live added the ability to connect to your bitcoin full node so you're not depending on ledger servers to pull trans uh, addresses um, to increase your privacy might be just in the nick of time you know if regulation does not allow them to host their their nodes for their users uh shitcoin right. users are obviously shit out of luck because there's no way they're going to be able to integrate an eth node capability into uh and and the millions of shitcoins that they support into ledger but but i i i, I love i just want to point out here with this ledger live support 
the freaks probably know that I'm no big fan of Electrum Server and Electrum Server as a requirement. I think it's a major ass fucking hurdle for the average user to be able to use their own node. This is the reason I fucking love Spectre because you're able to just run Spectre with Bitcoin Core. Um, with Spectre, you can actually run it in pruned mode, which is even better because you don't have to have the, the massive storage requirement. You can have less than 10 gigs of, of storage. Um, but even in this case, which you can't run in pruned, um, you just simply install Bitcoin Core. You install the most recent version of Ledger Live. Hopefully, it's not a phishing email that you're installing. Um, and then and, and just automatically integrates. You just go into settings and it just automatically will pull from it. But you can't do it in pruned. So then you just go buy an SSD for cheap, an external SSD. You plug it in and you're good to go. And you can uh, connect it to like Umbral or something like that as well. Like if it's like on your local network, it's super easy. Oh, man. Um, off off record here. Uh, so you freaks, you know we have advertisers. I try. I, I've actually made an an, uh, <laughs> an effort to to get advertisers outside of the Bitcoin space because I just don't like the friction. Hundred percent. One day we'll get. Like where's McAllen? What are they fucking doing? McAllen, all right. Well, well, I had one just reach out to me. Here's the first sentence, Marty. I'm a fan of crypto. I'm currently holding some ETH. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, might have to just give them the auto. Like, hey, maybe we're not meant for each other. No, no, no. I think uh, you know we can just we educate. Let's show them the way. We'll show them the way. Yeah. I don't know what this sponsor is or whatever, but you know we shouldn't probably. Why do we always talk about business on air? Are we? We're the only podcast that does this. Yeah, you know, it's part of the part of the shtick here, you know. And I like, literally laughed; uh, it just like popped up on my notification. <laughs> it just like you literally got the email notification or whatever. Yeah, it was like, oh, I love crypto. I'm holding ETH and XRP. Okay, well, sorry. You can tell him. Sorry for your loss. You can tell him or her that you know, in, until we fix that, like they're they're not they're <laughs> not going to be possible. It's not possible that they could be a sponsor. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, that's fucking hey. hilarious. I it's. It, I think it was last episode where I was like, crypto is a signaling mechanism that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> right. Um, uh, here we are. Um, blockchain capital. They've been doing this every 18 months. You said yearly in the show notes. It's uh, every year and a half. Who does that? Who does things eight, every 18 months? That's ridiculous. Uh, uh, Spencer Bogart <laughs> crew at uh, blockchain capital. It's a great survey, though. His, how actionable do you think it is? These numbers are pretty high. I like it. I was having a discussion. I was having a discussion about this earlier this week. Like, how many people respond to the survey? Like, oh, I should own Bitcoin, so I'm just going to say I do. Well, I mean, first of all, I like that the sample size is a very large sample size for a survey over 2,000 adults. Um, the negative of the sample size is that it's only online. It's an online survey, so presumably it disregards all the people that can't use the internet which is probably still like a sizable amount of Americans. There's like yeah, probably like boomers. 30% of Americans that just can't use the internet. Bitcoin Tina can use the internet. Like, That's true. I think most people would use the internet, you know. <laughs> we, we love you. We love you, Bitcoin Tina. Um, I mean, I think this is like, it seems like very, the results jive with what my gut would tell me. So, so that's kind of why I think it's reasonable um, mixed with the sample size and also Besides the name blockchain capital, and besides the fact that they, I think we're in, they have some Ripple investment, which is 
questionable. Um, they so does our new advertiser. They do have. <laughs> well, they're not our new advertiser yet. Um, they 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 do have uh, good heads on their shoulders over there. Like uh, I respect the shit out of Spencer. Huge fan of Spencer. Um, and yeah, so I mean, th- this this survey is very interesting to me, and and it's very interesting that the big thing that that I've noticed is is his number is going up on on pretty much every every single thing. My favorite number going up is conviction. Yeah, I conviction's the big one to me. Um, the ownership rates is like, why are you admitting it to this random ass online survey? <laughs> I, I didn't, <laughs> but propensity to purchase Bitcoin. So likely to purchase Bitcoin. 1834 range is now at 55%. It was at 42% 18 months ago, 18 months before that it was at 32%, which sounds like about right, right? Like, you know, half the population is like, I would probably buy Bitcoin. Um, in the in the next five years is the question. Will you buy Bitcoin in the next five years? Fifty five percent in the eighteen to thirty four range. Which let's be honest, sorry, Bitcoin Tina, it's the only range that matters. Um, <laughs> they're like fifty five percent are like we're going to buy it. Thirty five to forty four is forty eight percent. That sounds about right to me, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's confirming my bias, but I think it's we're, like about not right. Your bias, but your inclination. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah, my bias would be like ninety eight percent. Yeah, and just personal, anecdotally here, the family friends indicators were going off like crazy. A lot of new sat stackers in my my circle of trust, which is good to see. A lot of people Uh, have been hitting me up in the last two weeks. Yeah, and not just people our age, uh, actually mostly people older, my parents. Yeah, I had had a parents age person hit me up, a single one. It's a it's a weekly anecdote on what's going on in the Bitcoin world from from Matt and Marty. I had one guy who I I taught him how to bet on sports. He's like a prolific sports better. Uh, like he's been betting on sports for like the last thirty years, right? And like three years ago, I taught him how to bet on sports with Bitcoin or whatever. He called he called me last week. He's like, dude, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> he's like he's like my my sports betting account is just fucking exploded i don't even know yeah dude stop betting and start stacking <laughs> don't gamble gamble i mean dude yeah Bitcoiners I mean, are the percentage of people man. but the percentage of people who are good at gambling sports betting particularly it's gotta be pretty low right i mean it's one bug it's priced in, that's one right? bug i'm happy one bug i'm happy i never caught dude i lost I so like, much bitcoin i'm fuck- i lost like if the government's list, i've lost the majority of my bitcoin on sports gambling to be honest yeah i went surfing today lost lost my private <laughs> keys i hit my head they were in my head boating accidents are so 2019 <laughs> the new thing is yeah, surfing sur- accidents yeah act athletic too while you're while you're losing your- are you are you a real <laughs> bitcoiner if you don't bring your keys with you while you surf like i don't even no, think you are i don't think so no rodolfo no, when waterproof open dime you know, tomorrow, please they, make it happen. Dude, I, I don't want to fud. They're probably pretty waterproof, to be honest. Like I know they go through washing machines successfully in the past. Like, don't do it. That's open dime, right? Not cold card. Yeah, cold card is probably don't, pretty. Don't be sending the freaks to put their cold cards through. Rodolfo, the laundry, okay? send me a cold card. I'll put it through the laundry. I'll I'll blend it if you want me to blend it. <laughs> you uh, what? Explain. Were you just? 
trying to confirm that it definitely bricks after 13 failed pins or were you, did you forget your pin? Okay, so that was Puppy Sale, which is my famous cold card from the... <laughs> I, I love the freaks. What? The freaks were like... <laughs> the freaks were like, after I bricked it, the freaks were like, was this Puppy Sale? Uh, What's Puppy Sale? Because cold card has... How do I not know this? Cold card has the fishing words where you enter the first part of the pin and then... Um, it, it gives you the fishing words. Do you recognize this? Yeah, do you recognize this? And 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 my words, uh, my fishing words for the Wasabi uh, TFTC Guides cold card video was Puppy Sale. <laughs> uh, so that cold card became known as the Puppy Sale cold card. Um, and the issue was I couldn't, I, I discovered, so actually PSA to the freaks, and there's there's like a legitimate security reason why you can't do this. If you set, there's multiple pins you can set on a cold card. So you have your main pin, which is obviously like the most important one, which I've shown on the video. So I didn't forget that pin. Then you also have the duress pin and you have the brick me pin. And if you don't know either of those pins, um, oh, I guess the duress pin is the brick me pin. Uh, you, you have like pass raise pins and you also have um, the brick me pin. If you don't know that pin, you can't, destroy the seed and put a new seed on it. Um, so it became dead to me as a device for tutorial videos. It was my tutorial cold card. And I want so it was puppy sale. Puppy sale. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't wipe it. I couldn't wipe it to uh I I, I couldn't wipe it to do a new tutorial video. I want to do a Spectre uh, core video because I have the text guide at we run Bitcoin.com. I have a text guide for using Spectre plus Core uh, plus Cold Card, but I wanted to do a TFTC guide video for it, and I couldn't wipe the seed because I there's no reason to do a guide with a initialized Cold Card. Like I, I did, I got to start from fresh, right? Like the whole point is like I'm supposed to walk you through the whole fucking process. That that's why I do the guides. Like I I I don't believe in guides. Well, why don't you just do the setup? In one guide and just go, hey, go watch that well, video I first still need a new cold card for that, right? Um, so Rodolfo, we're accepting gifts. So what happened was, first of all, I was in a live stream where I was bored and I had it within reach and a gold Sharpie within reach. So I painted the whole thing with a gold Sharpie yeah, first. Like, what the hell's going on there? And then I was like, okay, it's time to throw it out. And like in proper Bitcoin fashion, like I should brick this fucking thing. So I, I entered the pin wrong 13 times and I got the bricked. And then here we are. I just wanted to test it. Rest in peace, puppy sale. It's the third cold card I've bricked, for what it's worth. It works. And I love the brick message. I am a brick. I am a brick. <laughs> That's why I posted it. It's just because it's such a funny... Like, you can totally imagine Rodolfo typing out that message. He's like, That's just funny. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, if you have, like, uh, a 10 by 10 bingo card with just for Dolpho across it. I think you got bingo like won. 10 times. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. I, um, that's cheating. You can't have a bingo card that has multiple, the same word over and over again. Well, yeah, you have to, each, each square is one utterance of, of the word. Oh, that's true. Fair. Um, bingo. Bingo. This is pretty huge. Uh, in May, Chris Belcher came out with a design of an implementation of CoinSwap and started a conversation around that. He started raising funds to start developing it, got a grant as well from the Human Rights Foundation, correct? 
Uh, he got he got two grand square crypto. Yeah. Um, and so earlier this week, and he's taking individual well, donations as well through Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, two days ago, he uh, shared a tweet thread in which he he announced to the world that he uh, completed the first multi-transaction coin swap on Bitcoin's testnet. So which isn't real, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not real. <laughs> it's not real. It doesn't exist. Bitcoin's first shake. Just coin. like birds aren't really. They're, they're, <laughs> they're all drones. <laughs> Neither is Bitcoin's testnet. So maybe maybe this coin swap didn't happen. No, but actually. this is pretty cool. Psyop. Not to diminish it, Chris. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, that's a running joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, pretty massive. Uh, seems that the design implementation is actually implemented at least on testnet and it seems to have worked so chris has a nice thread explaining that i had a bent i believe i read about it yesterday walking through that so to see him create the design implementation and or release that the design of the implementation in may and have some code written enabled and workable by december is pretty pretty significant i mean i'm gonna be a debbie downer here i'm just push back on the hype a little bit um I, 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 first of all, I want to push back on this idea. Like I'm going to wait for coin swap. Like you're going to be waiting forever. Don't do that. Like when, when, when there's a coin swap implementation in practice, you're going to be like, I'm going to be waiting for a blah, blah. Like, don't do that. And, and this is a perfect case, right? Where, where I've noticed this last week, last two weeks, people reaching out to me, I'm scared. I'm concerned. Uh, Mnuchin's going to do this. He's going to do that. Like, what do I do with coin join now? I need it now. You know, Bitcoiners can't wait for privacy. We need privacy now. Um, I did, that doesn't mean I don't want privacy improvements. Obviously, we need privacy improvements. You know, and I, I want to see those come. But don't don't do this bullshit where you're like, oh, I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that because you're going to be waiting forever. Um, the second thing is, you know, maybe this is like also bullish. Like I never had doubt that he can pull off this implementation. I think the hard part is making it user friendly. And I, I think this is what we saw with join market, right? Which I got super hyped with join market and it never became user friendly. Like to this day, it's still not user friendly. Um, so, so I think that's the real hurdle. The real hurdle is getting this implemented into wallets, getting this like actually to the point where where like the average uncle Jim can, can recommend this to his nephews and his nieces, um, and get them using it. Uh, so I, I, I'm waiting for that. Like I'm, I'm waiting for that. I'm not waiting for shit. I'm using CoinJoin today and I'm hoping for that. And that, that's what I'm kind of looking for. Um, but regardless, it is, it is very good to see this. Um, I'm bullish on Chris. I'm, I'm glad to see this. And I, but I, I, I also want to push back on this idea that it's going to replace CoinJoin. I think basically what's going to happen is it's a perfect complement to CoinJoin. And we're going to see this in partnership with CoinJoin. And I think things like Soroban, which we we talked about last uh, last week, um, the, the P2P Tor layer um, that Samurai introduced, make it super easy to implement something like CoinSwap into it. So you can have uh, your coordinated CoinJoin rounds that are happening, and then you just easily swap. And one of the things here is is if you do have this equal output coin join before you do the coin swap, it does make it way cleaner. Like a lot of these edge cases where you're like, we need multiple transactions, we need to do all these things, like get destroyed because if you can just swap an equal output, then you just swap an equal output. Like that's that. 
Yeah. No, I think Chris is. I think he stated that when we had him on the podcast. Oh no, hundred percent this year too. Yeah. That he would, he would, it's best used in conjunction with something like a quadrant. I'm, I'm more pushing back about, you know, like the crowd, not Chris. Yeah. Um, Just Bitcoiners, yeah, you know, like Bitcoiners in general. Like we have a tendency to hype shit, you know, and I, I. Not what? No. <laughs> and what worries me, what worries me is when we hype shit that degrades from adoption now, right? Like I don't want. Like you can easily get yourself into a situation where you're just constantly every two years, you're like, I'm waiting two more years. We're close. Yeah. I'm waiting two more years. Fuck that shit. Do it now. Get ready now. Prepare now. If better things happen in the future, then prepare for better things in the future. One of the things I keep hearing is, um, you know, uh, equal output coin join or whatever, uh, is, isn't, isn't tenable. It's too obvious on chain. Coin swap isn't obvious on chain. So coin swap, I'm bullish on coin swap, but I'm bearish on unequal output coin join. That's ridiculous because if coin swap is successful, then you shouldn't have any concern about your equal output coin join because you can just push it through coin swap in the future. There's there's literally no, you know, you 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 can just always use coin swap in the future if if it's successful. There's there's no reason to wait for it if you have coin join today. Agreed. That's my point. That that's all I'm saying. Don't, don't be sitting on your hands. Waiting, I, I think. Oh, the next best thing will come. The next best thing will come. It'll come. You could do that forever. We yeah. could literally just do that for fucking ever. It's going to be constant improvement. Um, next topic. Wasn't aware of this. Haven't seen it till. Literally just clicked on the link. But cross-layer de-anonymization <laughs> methods in the Lightning Protocol. This wasn't on my radar. Thank you for bringing it up. Um, so here's the last half of the abstract. It seems that this research team, Mateo Remitti. Friedhelm Victor, Pedro Moreno Sanchez, Bernard Hasselhofer, <laughs> and Matteo Maffei. Um, they're using, <laughs> I guess, IP and network routing to try to de-anonymize on the Lightning Network. And they're claiming that they present a cross-layer linking heuristic that can, with our data set, link 43.7% of all Lightning Network nodes to 26.3% of Bitcoin addresses interacting with the Lightning Network. These cross-layer links allow us to attribute information, for example, aliases, IP addresses, to 17% of Bitcoin addresses contributing to their de-anonymization. Further, we find the security and privacy of the Lightning Network are at the mercy of as few as five actors that control 34 nodes with over 44% of the total capacity. Overall, we present the first quantitative analysis of the security and privacy issues opened up by cross-layer interactions, demonstrating their impact and proposing suitable mitigation strategies. Did you read this paper? Yeah, a bit. Um, first of all, um, this was led by our boys in Austria and Germany. Um, I have, have you been to Berlin? I have not. Berlin's a dope city. You should go post-COVID. Um, Vienna is like, it's a cool city, but the people, like, they hate you. They just, like, just hate you for being there. They just don't want you to be there. Um, which is, wine is, is Vienna in Austrian. So they, there's, they don't write Vienna, they write wine. But anyway, um, the, you know, this is one of my issues with Lightning, right? Is that, it does improve privacy compared to a regular on-chain Bitcoin transaction. 
because on-chain Bitcoin transactions by default just have horrible privacy guarantees. So like obviously they help, right? But the problem is we don't really know all the different facts. There's like so much nuance to every single Lightning transaction that it's very unclear to the individual what they're giving up at any given fucking time. Um, things like their results, you know, we know right now, and we've talked about this on this pod many times, that Ellen Big controls, you know, like half the capacity of light, the public capacity of Lightning Network, and it's all run out of the same Virginia data center, right? Who is that person? I don't know who that person is. We still don't know who that person is. We've speculated for years on Very this podcast. Close to CIA headquarters, right? And we we but well, it's also close to MicroStrategy's, you know, headquarters. Maybe it's my, Michael Saylor. We we <laughs> we don't know. We don't know who this person is, and we've speculated about it for years. So why hasn't a freak come forward and is like, I know who that person is? Um, I thought he's come forward. I thought Ellen Big is like giving interviews before. We have no idea who Ellen Big is. I think it's a Russian person, but it's weird because it's Virginia Data Center. So I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I the, the the point is is, and this is not even taking into account things like Ellen Strike. You know, I love Jack, but is it bedtime? I gotta give bedtime kisses. You're gonna give bedtime hey. kisses. When you become a dad, so we get. Oh my god, this is so cute! This is so cute. Can say what's up to the freaks? Just heavy breathing. Oh my god, he just grabbed the mic. (laughs) I thought he was gonna say something awesome. Yeah, not yet. He can't really speak words, but we're getting there. That's extremely cute. That's some low time preference shit right there. I don't think I don't think his kid can hear me. It's going through Margie's microphone. That's why I'm cursing. You can't hear Matt, but he's saying. You're very good with the mic, son. <laughs> He's just happy. No, he just went to grab the mic again. <laughs> he got pulled away. Good night, Sam. Um, I love you. Yeah, I mean, so, so, I mean, they're not even combining information from stuff like, you know, I love Jack, but like Ellen Strike has like tons of fucking information, right? Not only do they have public keys that are fixed right now still, um, they have your memos, you know, like I played poker the other day. I don't know if I said this on the pod yet, so I'm just going to say it now. I, I played poker the other day and I did a memo. Uh, they were like, do you want to be the banker? I was like, no. And they were like, but Matt, it's your turn to be the banker. I was like, okay, fine. I'll be the banker. So I, I sent an invoice, uh, from the note from my node. And I sent the invoice and it said poker and it said the guy's nim because that's how I know him by. And he paid it with Ellen Strike without telling me. So Ellen Strike now knows that we played poker. Uh, They have that memo. They know my public key. And they know this guy's nim because he fucking, (laughs) because I put it in the memo and he paid it with his like legit name, right? And and Was that like a what the fuck moment? Like what the fuck? Yeah, it was a what the fuck moment. But 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 this is like this is like new territory, right? So like we're hitting this new territory, and that does worry me a little bit. Um, so we just we need to be diligent about it. Like as Bitcoiners, like people need to like we're gonna learn here. Um, yeah, I I'd prefer not to learn the hard way. But like we could, but we're gonna have to learn here. Yeah, like maybe people are like, oh my god, this is terrible news, but this is great news. People are actually finding this stuff out, and they this research team presented strategies to prevent this stuff. So you, you, you discover the pain points, you highlight them, 
and you figure out how to work around them. So this is overall 100%. beneficial for the network. In, in yeah. general, I think like we just have not had nearly enough adversarial uh, uh, adversarial participation in Lightning Network. Like it's just it's mostly been enthusiasts that are pro Bitcoin, and we just we we're, I I think what we really need is we need like those really resourceful. Um, Evil Marty, like hacker Can types, do this? to come in and just like fucking start fucking people shit up, you know, like steal yeah. money, steal this, steal that. Um, don't don't steal our shit though. <laughs> my shit's there; it's ready to be stolen. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I'm bullish on lightning still to this day is because it just I put it all out there; it just hasn't been stolen yet. It's right. like a ridiculous premise, but you know, skin in yeah. the game. You know, I'm not gonna put yeah. my shit in some random ass custodial lending platform, but I'll put my shit in a experimental payment channel network and yeah. to test it out. That's, that's what I do. That's, that's why I'm here. Well, again, this is a plus. They discovered these pain points and hopefully we'll fix them before that potential vector is attacked. So security increased a little bit. I would say so. Maybe not. I'm an idiot. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> Speaking of idiots, uh, the dude who is running BTCE <laughs> not an idiot. in exchange with, I mean, he got caught. The, do you Didn't remember he how like he got caught? Belgium, yeah, he was like on a no, vacation. No, he was in Greece like on that. vacation, yeah. and they drove uh, like an unmarked like Toyota Camry through his fucking gate, and then he ran out like in his underwear, like screaming at them, and then they arrested him, and he was still signed into his computer. Yeah, that's how they got Ross too. Well, Ross was like a little bit less exciting. It was like they hit him in the yeah. library while he was signed in. Yeah. I did so, that, the, the concept of just, you know, like seeing him on vacation, like a Russian national on vacation in Greece and just running a fucking Camry through his fucking gate and just having him come out in his underwear is just like, in my mind, is a crazy thing. Like you just see it happening, right? Yeah. No, I shouldn't say. This guy's stupid. He's not stupid at no. all. And it's like actually incredible. He doesn't even have a last name. It's like he's like Seal. His name's just Vinick. Like <laughs> they don't have a last name. For no, him. Vinick is his last name. Alexander Vinick. Oh. It's literally the first line in the headline. Yeah. Damn. I thought that was gonna be like a seal moment there. Yeah. Alexander Madonna Vinick. or something. So what's happening here? He um was sentenced to five years in prison. For money laundering, um, BTCE, we talked about it on our HR many times in the past. For any of you new freaks that uh, are new to the podcast, BTCE was a Russian exchange. that got shut down like two or three years ago, uh, notoriously uh, non-KYC, and uh, was responsible for laundering a lot of the Mt. Gox funds that got Wait, stolen from that exchange. They didn't necessarily actively know they were laundering no, funds. No, no. People were laundering it, and they weren't doing KYC. They were they were like the stuff. based exchange that didn't do KYC. Well, they did know, because you, you had, like, Wiz, like, highlighted all those addresses immediately, didn't he? You know, they're the based non-KYC exchange. Like, I, I, I want to push back a little bit, like, you know, no one wants to ever say like, oh, you don't want to defend money launderers, but you like money laundering is a thing that you can just push on people. It's like the it's like the low hanging fruit uh, thing. Like if you want to hit a Bitcoiner with something, you hit him with money laundering. Money laundering means like you did things with money that you weren't allowed to do, which is can be very broad. Let me put it yes. that way. OK, yeah. So 
BTCE saga coming to an end? I mean, he shouldn't have vacationed. If you're a Bitcoiner and someone, you know, runs a camera through your gate on while you're on vacation, shut off your Don't computer. Don't run out in your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> shut off your computer before you go to yell at them. And run the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bald. I mean... Yeah, base Russian, like just running towards. I could just, I just imagine him running out, screaming in Russian in his boxers. Like that's what I'm imagining, right? <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh fuck!" Uh, yeah. like, uh, it's like Interpol uh, just like dropping on you. <laughs> and and the U.S. government tried to extradite him and failed, which is interesting. Right. Uh, they were like fighting over him. What is it? France got him instead. Yeah, France so. got him, but the U.S. and France were fighting over him, and and France was able to to get him. It's, it was so weird how they, um, the U.S., Russia, and France fought for his extradition, which kind of points to like the Russian government. A lot of a lot of people think the Russian government was involved in BTC. Like there was a blessing there, so they like tried to get their man back home. Yeah. Um. Nothing would surprise me at this point. Let's just pretend uh, Vinick doesn't have a first name. He's he's like he's Madonna. Yeah, it's much better that way. Uh, we've got to wrap up here so I can get this live before my hot date. This was really cool. Pete Rizzo, in conjunction with Aaron Van Weirdum, wrote um, uh, The Battle for P2SH, The Untold Story of the First Bitcoin War. Uh, Peter is actually going to be on the podcast next Monday. Reached out to him to go through this. If you want to hop on that, we can talk about early Bitcoin history. Um, he's he for those of you freaks. Pete Rizzo was editor at CoinDesk for a while. Yeah, yeah I see. Editor in chief. Just doing like basically like day to day announcements, which we try to st- like. I shouldn't say we try to stay away from that. We do all we those things. Like, yeah, but like we like like I didn't talk about mass mutual. I mean, the difference between us and CoinDesk is we don't talk about shit coins. It's true. Anyway, this isn't about us or Coindesk. It's about Pete Rizzo, Aaron Van Weirdum, and their story. Very in-depth um, story about the first Bitcoin war over P2SH. I'm not going to explain the story because it's very long. Go um, read it. So it. He did a really good job. Yeah. Uh, and, and he spoke about this uh, with Pierre Richard and Bitstein on their podcast. Um, just like this idea that he, he wanted to get into like real proper... You know, I'm I'm not trying to offend journalists, but like proper journalism, where like he, he like did like a, a like a real in depth story that that had meat to it. You know, that that felt like it was something that could last over years instead of just something that was irrelevant the next week. Um, you should try to offend journalists at every opportunity you get. Um, so I I think this is like a really cool story. Um, and I I, I think he did a really good job with it, and it it. You know, it's it's it, it's just it's as a Bitcoin, it's just really interesting. Like people should just go read it. Just go read yeah. it. And then like once you read this, like follow the links, go to like bitcointalk.org, like the It's all there. Just go back and read. Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh the history is there on the internet. It's great. like that's the one thing you will find because I remember I haven't done it recently, but I I'm sure you did too. Like you had your bitcointalk.org rabbit hole where you just went back and read a bunch of forum threads and stuff like that the best is just how finney just like 
He yeah. all the fun you guys think of, like you just you've been in Bitcoin Hal for six months, it. like a Hal. <laughs> Hal talked about it in like 2011. Yeah, like it's there's nothing like Keith Levine said. If you listen to that podcast, there's nothing new under the sun, especially with these like FUD and uh, trying to think like smartest people were were in this early and thinking about it. Um, Bitcoin dissidents editorial from CoinDesk. This is so good. Uh, this is this is what Bitcoin's about. Yeah, so just basically a bunch of dissidents describing how they view Bitcoin. Apparently, Bitcoin's headquarters is in Lagos now. This is why we or Bitcoin. Minsk or Hong Kong. This is why I yeah. Bitcoin. I mean, also to get really fucking rich, but also for that reason. It's like I morally broke free. I love that. From a Belarusian. Um, obviously, not gonna. we're going to link to this. Go read that. Really good article. Another one not on the list. I haven't read it yet, but I'm very excited to read it tomorrow morning with a cup of coffee. Friend of the pod, disclaimer, Unchained, sponsor of the pod. Drew Bensal uh, as part two of his uh, Bitcoin astronomy piece. I haven't read it yet. We'll, we'll talk about that next next week. Last time he yeah. was talking about how Mars are going to be shit corners. So. Yeah, Drew, if you're listening, we'd love to have you back on the pod to, to extrapolate on that. Not going to uh, just give I'll you uh, un, un, unrevoked... Uh, promotion there you know I, I i don't think we should be ret- you know proactively uh justifying mars shitcoin behavior like i feel like they should well I they think should this, be proper bitcoiners I, th- I think we're getting away from the shitcoins if i read the comments uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see i have not read it i agree that i have not read it yet so i'm, I'm one thing that does prove though is that proof of stake can't go <laughs> interstellar like if a stake's fucked once you get beyond the atmosphere. So at least there'll be like proper shit corners. They'll be running their own nodes using proof of work. We, we know that <laughs> much so far. We'll, we'll talk about it next week, but you can go check it out. Uh, it is on Unchained Capital's blog, right? Yes. Yes. Um, why do you have this on the list? Like I saw this, like Friends of the Pod, Bitcoin Magazine, BTC Media. They dropped their top 21. What, what, what I liked about this is that like it's a good fucking list. Like, how how rare is that in Bitcoin that we have like a list that's like good shit? Bisk is number one. Blue Wallet. PTC no, there's it's Bitcoin not. It's co- it's alphabetical. It's the top twenty one, and it's just alphabetical. Yeah. yeah. No, I like this list too. The list is fucking fantastic. Fucking the the, the funniest one is MicroStrategy, but besides that. Uh, you know, BISC, Blue Wallet, BTC Pay, CoinKite, Fold, HODL, HODL, Lightning Labs. Like, it's Human Rights Foundation, Samurai Wallet, Spectre, Slush, Sphinx Chat. Like, it's fucking badass. Shout out to all you Bitcoin companies out there. And pro- it's just, it's not only companies. That's what's cool about it. Yeah, maybe she has some podcasts to listen to. Yeah, show. right. Tales from the Crypt. Let's go. Uh, did not see Moxie's uh, appearance on Rogan. Is he launching a shitcoin? Yeah, he had the mobile coin launch, which is using SGX, which is his shitcoin. It seems like he's doing like a PR push recently. Uh, Moxie Marlin Spike, like, uh, who's the founder of Signal. Signal. Yeah. I have not listened to him on Rogan yet, uh, but I wanted to bring this up because I was just, I don't know. Like, I plan to listen to him on Rogan. I'm curious how that went. And I just wanted to know what the freaks thought about it. Uh, but it, I, it's like it's something that like I feel like we should all listen to, even though I completely disagree with the shitcoin. And I think a shitcoin doesn't have any kind of value. 
Um, I think if, if if your shitcoin relies on trust in Intel, then you've just completely lost the fucking plot, which is which is what yeah. MobileCoin has done. Uh, yeah, die hero, live long enough to see yourself become the villain. A shitcoiner, Moxie. And then the last one on the list. This is this is really sad. Is my email provider? No, it's not sad because uh. they're fighting it like a motherfucker. Tutanota. Um, was ordered... Well, the headline makes it seem like their fight was in vain. Okay, so... So so, so they had a, a specific extortionist email account. Germany, the German government hit Tutanota because they're a German company and said they have to decrypt future communications for this specific user. So it's not for all users. It's for the specific user, and it's not even his past emails. It's only but his still. future emails, and they're still fighting it. But it's it's so 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 it's important for but people to realize, like, not to freak the fuck out, right? Like that they, I mean, you should. I when you use these providers, you should assume like all of it will leak eventually, right? Like you're just trying to use a provider a that cares slope. about you, right? But yeah. you assume that if anything's hosted, obviously they could fuck you in the future. I do appreciate that they're fighting it. I don't appreciate that the German government is basically trying to push back doors into encryption because once you push back doors into encryption, no one's secure. Um, so I thought, it, I thought it was very valid in terms of the war on encryption. I think it's very valid in terms of Tutanota actually realizing low time preference that their business model depends on, on them providing encryption for all their users, right? But then at the same time, I think it's important for people to realize that there's some nuance here that it, it, it isn't affecting all their users. It's affecting a single user, and it's only affecting his emails going forward, not his past emails, which is a big difference, right? Uh, past yeah. versus future. Because if you're the extortionist, yeah. you just stop using Tutanota. Yeah. Does the extortionist know he's being signaled out? I mean, I, I or she? like if you're like one of like the thousand extortionists using Tutanota, like you should probably stop using Tutanota right now. Like they're not right. gonna let you know that you're the you're the guy, you're the dude who's who's being yeah. targeted. We're coming after you. But it's just interesting. Uh, I, I it's a very interesting development. Um, yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, I, I to to be to be honest, I was kind of I thought behind the scenes both Proton and Tutanota had been compromised. So the fact that they're fighting them in court makes me feel a little bit more confident, to be honest, that they weren't compromised to begin with. Maybe it's a horse and pony show. It could be. No, I, like like I said, like you shouldn't like you should just use PGP. Like if if it's important and if, if any information is important to be secured. You should use an encrypted channel to begin with, and then you should also additionally encrypt it with PGP. And then not only do they have to compromise the first encrypted channel, they also have to compromise your PGP. Um, so, Very hard to do. Yeah. Unfortunate for you extortionists out there, I don't think anybody you're extorting is going to open up your yeah. PGP. <laughs> you, so. you, can't really you can't really extort people <laughs> with PGP encrypted emails. Uh, those poor extortionists. Imagine like a ledger phishing email just comes in through like PGP. You just got <laughs> what? What the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, ah, uh, what a rip. We're gonna see each other in person for real this on time on Tuesday. On Tuesday, um, the Arbed Out episode is he's coming. Gonna, freaks. He's gonna cook a steak. Yes. Um, 
He's going to have the grill hot for stereotype. us when we arrive. Uh, Bitcoin stereotype. The Yeah, that's it. I want to get this up. I got 55 minutes before my hot date starts. So I got to record the ads, throw them in front, throw on the intro music for from our good friend Clockwork Prior. And thank you, freaks, for showing showing up for another week. I hope you guys got some information out of this, some value out of this. We love you guys. If you guys are loving us, please help us in any way you can. Subscribe, rate, review. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family members. Tell that person you hate. Uh, whoever you want to tell. Just tell, walk up to some random person on the street be like, hey, have you ever fucking listened to Tales from the Crypt? It's a pretty dope podcast. Go back to the beginning of the episode. Get prepared for this fucking revolution. Take custody of your Satoshis, um, commonly referred to as Sats. Consider using CoinJoin. Self-custody your stash. Stay humble, stack Sats. Peace and love, freaks.